Perhaps the most memorable encounter I've had with anyone. I just remember when we started back in 2017, right? We'd have 50 people to the site a day and now we're having 15,000 to the site. So I just remember always assigning like our average conversion rate. And then I'd do the math, like what, what does it cost me to get another 100 visitors? What's my net profit after that? And then, then you could justify if those 100 visitors are worth the ad spend. Welcome to the Own Your Commerce podcast, where leading experts, brands, and innovators reveal strategies for e-commerce growth. I'm your host, Jay Myers, and this show is brought to you by Bold Commerce. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we're doing what we call a merchant deep dive. Our goal of these merchant deep dives is not just to inspire you as a merchant, but to give you actionable takeaways that you can use to help grow your e-commerce business. Today, we have a very special guest, Chris Mead. He's one of the co-founders at CrossNet. And CrossNet is just one of those amazing stories where when they started in 2017, I think I read somewhere, and Chris can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but they barely had, they scrounged together enough money to buy 50 of the items to have in stock for inventory. And I think I saw posted somewhere the other day that in the last couple of weeks, they've been selling 500 a day online. So this is all within the span of a couple of years. I think there's going to be a ton of really good learnings here. Chris, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a fun ride since 2017. It's been crazy just to see how fast it's been growing. So uh, really, really, really fun. That's awesome. Well, why don't we start with like, so what is CrossNet? Yeah. So we've invented uh, the world's first four-way volleyball net. So it's exactly what you see. Like it's a two nets that intersect. You quickly bring it to the beach, the park, inside, outside, wherever you want and start playing. So not only have we created this four-way net, but it's a combination of four square and volleyball rules. So it's essentially, there's a whole new sport behind it as well. So games are played to 11, win by two. One person serves the ball across, and then from there, it's a free-for-all. And if you stay alive when you serve, you get a point. It's a lot of fun. Where did it come from? Are you a volleyball player? Or? No, not at all. We all actually, all three founders, never played a day of volleyball in our life, really. <laughs> we were home one day, and we are just like, we don't want to do this 9-to-5 thing anymore. It's like One of us was just about to graduate college. It was just, We started the company. I was 25, and my partners were 20, 23. And... We just always loved going to the beach and we were sitting up late one night thinking of ideas and four-way volleyball was just written down on a piece of paper and <laughs> and we Googled it and we searched the internet and I think we were just watching ESPN on repeat and we couldn't find anything on the internet. So we woke up the next morning, we ran to like our local Walmart and bought two volleyball nets, rigged them together and we made a four-way net and we're like, this is amazing. I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about the product, but I think it's really cool. Fun fact, Bold, there's four founders at Bold and the three of us, we all played university volleyball. So three of us knew each other from volleyball. One of them was the brother of one of the persons. So volleyball is actually a big part of why Bold Bold exists. (laughs) That's awesome. Like, how did you make up the rules? Started trying things, see what was fun and then... yeah. We remembered Foursquare from uh, elementary school, which is just you bounce a ball into one of the quadrants and you try to get your friend out. So we kind of just brought that up into the air with the volleyball. And then we had one person serve it across and we're like, all right, that's the square four. That's where you get points. And right. if you stay alive around and the ball doesn't drop into your square and you're still in your square, you get one point. And then we love playing basketball. Like basketball is our sport, right? And mm-hmm. so it's game to 11, win by two is like typical street, like pick up basketball rules. So we, we threw that in at the end and then we had a brand new sport. And then we had our friends over and we played for like six hours straight. And that was our proof of concept that night. And we're like, all right, let's, let's start manufacturing. We got to get this going. That's awesome. Well, I actually could see this being a useful 
practice tool as well for volleyball 100%. teams. I remember when we, a lot of our practices, we would spend hours in what we would just call net play and we would just be two on two. We weren't allowed to go past the attack line, which is like a few meters behind the net basically. And it was just tipping around the net just to get really comfortable. And it like this would do exactly that. So exactly. Yeah. It's crazy just to see the two, the different markets we have. We're in almost 4,500 gyms right now. So like kids are learning how to play volleyball on a cross net, which is really wild. Okay. So take us back. So 2017, you came up with the idea. It was written down cross net. You're like, let's try, let's stick a couple <laughs> of volleyball nets together, make some rules, try this. Did you, just launch a website or did you try to sell it in existing stores or what was your go to market? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so our our go to market was we made a Shopify website. We'd go, we'd take our prototype, we'd bring it to the beach every day and we would just get content and we'd throw it up on the Shopify store. We put it up on the Facebook and then we ran some Facebook ads. We scrapped up about 10,000 bucks and we bought our first 50 nets, had no idea really how fast they would sell. But we eventually got into a kind of a steady habit of selling like one a day. So we'd see that $150 Shopify notification pop up. We'd be like, all right, we hit our quota. And uh, eventually we <laughs> sold out. We took all the cash from that. We didn't pay ourselves anything. And we just ordered 200 nets. And then we ordered 400. And we just kept doubling down for about two years straight. till we kind of hit like, all right, we need to start paying ourselves. Like we're doing pretty good. We're, at, we're selling 100 a day now. So you are a true digitally native direct-to-consumer born company. Correct. Although our whole intention was to also get into retail. So we did start like when we founded the company, I would add every buyer on like Dick Sporting Goods, Shields, Olympia Sports. I'd add them all on LinkedIn. And they've been kind of mm. following along on the mm-hmm. on the LinkedIn mm-hmm. road. So that presence has definitely, I've gone from like, my LinkedIn's been pretty good lately, which I'm really proud of, but it's been able to connect me to the buyer. So I could literally send them a DM on LinkedIn and say, hey, I think you've seen CrossNet or I just saw that you liked my last post. Why is it not on your shelves yet? Like it's going to sell. So that's how yeah. I've been able to make a lot of connections with buyers uh, just through LinkedIn. LinkedIn's an undervalued resource, I think. It is. It really is. I think anyone that still thinks that LinkedIn is just a place to keep your resume and update it when you get a new job is missing out. <laughs> so, Okay, so I want to dive in a little bit Speaking of LinkedIn, why don't we start there? Like, I actually saw you post something the other day that I thought was really, really cool. And I, I think I have the post. You said something like, you need traffic in order to make money. Here's how we get our visitors. Did I miss any? And actually, so if anyone listening, go follow Chris Mead on LinkedIn and you can kind of see because there's actually a lot of really interesting feedback in the comments. But you listed out, you said pretty much in order of highest to lowest. I'll run through them really quick. I have a couple of questions about them, but the ones you listed are Facebook, AdWords, YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, Reddit, influencers, email marketing, display ads, Bing ads, referral affiliate network, sponsorship, podcasts, coupon websites, and in-person events. Sounds about right. <laughs> I thought this was really cool to have, here's a holistic view of traffic. And I think like, that's the heartbeat of your business, your online store is where are people coming from? Where are they converting from? So you said in the thread that this is pretty much in order of ranking, but you said email would be higher up. Is it Facebook first and then email or what's the? Yeah, yeah, definitely Facebook first and then email. I left off SEO in that list. SEO is definitely very valuable for us too. But yeah, Facebook's uh, where we get the majority of our traffic. And then we just got to make sure that we do a great job retargeting and also following up with customers if they 
do provide us with an email address and actually don't end up checking out. But I just remember when we started back in 2017, right, we'd have 50 people to the site a day and now we're having 15,000 to the site. So every hundred visitors, I would always like, I just remember always assigning like our average conversion rate. And then I'd do the math, like what, what does it cost me to get another hundred visitors? What's my net profit after that? And then, then you could justify if those hundred visitors are worth the ad spend. We've just done that over time to where we're at 15,000 a day almost. Let's talk about Facebook. I noticed a lot of, uh, I guess, because I went on your website, did a bunch of things. Now I'm getting all your retargeting. <laughs> so <Fun>. uh, yeah, <laughs> makes me want to buy one. You use a lot of, is in the industry called user-generated content. Like it's a lot of, uh, looks like, is it just customers sending yeah. in videos? And it's or what's the strategy there? Yeah, so the strategy is that we found is that UGC performs way better on ads than my camera crew spending $5,000 on like a premium video, you know? People want to see what they're actually going to see in their backyard. Mm -hmm. The majority of our customers online are families looking for a great game for the backyard. And that family in Nebraska, when they walk outside and it's 30 degrees and it's snowing, like they want to see what it actually looks like. They don't care about that Miami drone shot. So that 8 to 12 second UGC video has been great. We collect that all by either we have an email campaign that goes up and like, hey, send us your best content and we'll give you 10 bucks back on your order. And then we go and use that content to monetize. So it's a win-win for the customer. They're normally probably going to be posting it on Instagram anyway. And now they just forward that over to us and they get 10 bucks back in their pocket. And then we have content for days. That's all you offer. And they're willing to make a video for, it's a $10 coupon on their next order or? No, we, we refund them $10. So we oh, just okay, give them, okay. yeah, we give them 10 bucks back. They place an order. They've obviously got the product. And now you say, shoot a video of you using it and we'll, we'll send you 10 bucks back. Yeah, exactly. As long as our margins are pretty strong. So $10 for a video that we could run ads on to millions of people, like that's, <laughs> I can't think of a better business model. Oh, it's, that's amazing. And like what percentage of the videos you get are usable? Like, is it? <laughs> yeah, we, we, like, <laughs> we, like to, we like to give everybody a fair shot. I'd, I'd probably say 50% or like. Oh, it's that high. Okay. Yeah, pretty solid. And if, if we do see like potential, we'll like, we'll email them back. We have a social media team that's like, Hey, this video does have potential, but you kind of forgot to hit record and you only sent us a photo. Like, go back out there and we'll, we'll give you 25 bucks for Amazon. Yeah, it's easy. Do you do anything on the legal side just to make sure you're clean there? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so we have, we have our customers sign NDAs and just other things to kind of say, hey, we're 100% willing to uh, comply and use the video for social media. Okay, and if you all of a sudden did a billion dollars in sales because of someone's video, they could never come back and, you know, Sue you saying that they own a percentage of that. Okay. Yep. That's that's the whole goal. (laughs) Did you consult with a lawyer for that or did you just research online for standard wording or? No, we have a a pretty strong legal team in house. So we're we're happy about that. So that's good advice because I know a lot of like this user generated content is, is definitely a thing a lot of people are working on. And, and I think that's probably something that I'm, I'm hoping a lot of people don't get themselves in trouble in, in a couple of years, some of it coming to bite themselves. So Definitely a good good takeaway is if you do use it, make sure you're you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's and all the mm-hmm. legal areas. So how much do you spend on Facebook? Do you spend as much as you possibly can up until a certain cost per acquisition? Or do you say, I have a budget of X a month? Or how do you decide how much money to put into Facebook? Because I know that question comes up a lot. Yeah, so we've never allocated a budget towards Facebook ever. There's like a, a spend that we're comfortable at. And then if we see that we're getting the CPA that we'd like, we'll keep doubling down. But just for like 
numbers sake, when we started in 2017, we'd be spending $50 a day on Facebook. And I'd be like, okay, my CPA was in the, the threshold I'm happy with. Let's, mm-hmm. uh, let's increase to 75 bucks. And then, okay, we run it for a few days. Okay, let's go up to 150. As long as we're seeing the consistent results and the CPA not changing too much, we'll keep doubling down. And, and then there's days we're spending $10,000 a day on ads, but you see that return that you're happy with. So ad sets change, things change, the world changes as you've seen. So we are switching up our ads all the time, but mm-hmm. there'll, be, there'll be hot streaks and you'll be like, all right, cool. Like we're, we're two weeks straight and money's coming in really good. We'll, we'll keep firing away. And you get to a certain point where a certain ad, if it's reaching a certain cost per acquisition, then that's it. You exactly. set the move cap on. and or move on or, or swap yep. in a new ad or yeah, exactly. So as far as like some of these other ones that are more social, like Snapchat, TikTok, well, Instagram will be a similar strategy. LinkedIn, I, well, I guess LinkedIn, you mentioned your strategy is a lot of personal outreach. That's yeah, probably where it's kind of me. Yeah. Just reaching out to buyers and doing press. Are you doing any ads on uh, Twitter or LinkedIn or any of those platforms? Yeah, we do Twitter ads. It's kind of just a network of people who retweet each other. Mm. We have some really good Twitter connections that we've built up over the years. And our videos, we'll put up a video on Twitter. I've sent some over after they have like a million and a half views in like 48 hours. So we've definitely been able to get the game going pretty viral on Twitter, which has been great. But our biggest revenue channel besides Facebook is 100% email marketing, which we definitely undervalued for a long time. Well, email's just an amazing channel because you own the relationship with the customer. So what are you doing there? Existing customers? Are you collecting? I'm on your site right now and I haven't been asked to put my email in anywhere. I'm assuming there's a, okay, there's a subscribe on the bottom for $10. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think for sure something that a lot of stores are leaving on the table is, yeah, they're collecting emails, but they probably could be collecting three times as many more, or maybe they're collecting a lot of them, but they're not maximizing them like they could. So what are you doing with emails? Our goal is to get at least 10 to 15% conversion rate to, to capture an email. We have one that pops up right away within like the first five or seven seconds, which we A-B test all the time. But here's $10 off your order if you order within 24 hours. And then also we have one of those fun, uh, the wheels at the end of the website. Hate it or love it, it, it works really well for us. So. Yeah. We'll offer like 20 bucks off, 10 bucks off, maybe a free net if you're lucky. And then from there, they're all going into a flow, a welcome flow campaign, depending Mm. on if they ordered, if they didn't order. But if Mm. they didn't order, we'll put them into a welcome flow campaign, give them a few discounts for one or two touches, and then kind of send them just tons of FOMO. Like, you're looking at this email, you could be outside in your backyard playing or at the beach with your friends. (laughs) Why have you not ordered yet? Like, here's a sweet gif of people like spiking it, so... Yeah, there, there's a lot of cool stuff we do with the welcome flows. You're aiming for 15% opt-in what, of yeah. visitors on your site, opting in to give you their email for whatever it is, $10 or a, a draw or something. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, between all the different captures, we have about, I want to say four captures right now, whether it's SMS or email. Uh, my goal is to hit 15%. Yeah, that's great. And it's I noticed it's Privy you're using, right, for your email capture? No, we're actually using Clavia. So we used oh, to, okay. yeah, used to use Privy. Then we moved on to a, a new email marketing agency that's Rockstar. So we've just uh, decided to go with Clavia. Yeah, they're managing that all. Nice. I meant to ask you too for your ads. Are you guys managing them? Or are you? Is it an agency? No. Yeah, we have agency partners for email and also for Facebook. Cool. There's a few other ones on here. I noticed right away your referral program, Friend Buy. I think is the one you're using. Yeah, we just started working with them a few weeks ago, and it's been 
going really well. We've literally sent out one email. I have done very limited press about it. Should definitely step that up, but it's just working organically. People see the get $20 on our website and they pass it off to their friend and people make money. So everyone's happy. Yeah, it seems like one of those products that is not something I would go to the internet and search for, <laughs> like four-way volleyball. I, in fact, I've never searched for it, but when you <laughs> see it, it's like, or if someone told me about it, and like, oh, that's pretty cool. That would be fun at the cabin or that would be fun. Exactly. So referrals, I feel like would be such a big thing for this. So that's interesting. I want to dive into a couple things here. One, if anyone listening to this is on the site, I would encourage you to have a look around. There's a couple things I thought you are doing really well. And then there was a couple things I had questions about. So one thing I did notice, I noticed your, your product reviews actually look really, really nice. They're well-designed, laid out, easy to read. I'd like that you could search them. What are you using for your product reviews? Right now we're using a tool called Bizarre Voice. And the reason why we use them is because it syndicates across all different channels. We sell on Walmart and Target.com as well. So we need mm. consistency across the channels because if we're working with a buyer and they go to Walmart and there's zero reviews and there's 500 on our site, that's an issue. But yeah, so we, we use them. We're also in the midst of a, a brand new website. So we're having a new website drop at the end of July. We're having a whole team work on that now, which I'm really pumped about. Nice. It looks really sharp. One thing I didn't notice anywhere was, as far as I could tell, it's it's just the two products, the indoor and the outdoor version? Correct. Yeah, we have indoor, outdoor, and you can buy the indoor by itself. But yeah, complete set, outdoor, the just indoor bases. Okay, so something that obviously came to mind right away is like, this just seems like a perfect opportunity for some type of kidding or bundling or upselling, whether it's 100%. cross net shirts or, or the balls, because they'd have to go to somewhere, a different store to buy the, the ball. So is that something that's on the game plan down the road then or? Yeah, so we actually, there's a ball and a pump in every set. Oh, okay. Yeah, normally we do have an upsell like feature as well, but we're backordered just due to COVID. But we just signed a deal with Wilson, and Wilson's actually going to be manufacturing our pro model, like volleyball, so the super oh, nice. premium volleyball, $25. Uh, so that's going to be a sweet upsell that we're, we're pumped off in June. Is it the same size ball as a normal volleyball, or is it different? Yeah, no, it's the same size ball. It's, uh, it's one of the AVP replica like pro volleyballs that all the, the players play with. Nice. Let's talk a little bit about the store. I'm curious. It's been it's only it's been since 2017 till now, but I'm sure there's been a ton that's happened. What would you say is some of the biggest mistakes or learnings over that span that you maybe would have done different? Being scared to put email captures because they have a connotation of just being like, oh, they're spammy. They look crappy. Like, why would I want that on my website? But when it's at the the risk of you losing money you better be capturing some types of emails. So we've been a little bit more bullish on that lately and just making sure we capture because we could make a direct attribution to the more emails we capture, the more money we make. So keep doubling down on that. And other things are like, we used to have like a link to the other websites that we sell on. Like we have Amazon when we're back in stock, Walmart, and I'd actually link it. And then I'd actually see people bounce and go to those companies because they're a little bit more well-established. They're not a little bit, they're very much more well-established than we are. And then we'd be driving our customers elsewhere. So we've taken all of that off. We do our best to keep the purchase on site and get them through that funnel immediately within a few seconds on the site. Yeah, I think that's smart. Even if there is a B2B aspect, you're primarily a, a direct-to-consumer B2C brand. Your relationship is with the customer. And it's shifting back now, but you know, there's been this shift over the last you know, 50 years, 100 years, whatever, that everyone used to sell directly to a customer, whether it was on a local market, local store or whatever. And then these distributors came in and said, hey, we'll take 10,000 of your 
nets and we'll, we'll give you a million dollars right now and we'll take, and then we'll sell them for you. And it sounds great, but what they're also buying is the relationship with the customer. And then, yeah, you don't get the customer's email. You're not able to follow up. You don't have a relationship with the brand. If they buy them from Walmart, the relationship is with Walmart, not with you. So it's not just that you didn't make the $20 on the order. You actually lost out on that relationship with that customer. And I think that's exactly. a lot of people don't realize. When brands are considering going the distributor route or like with these large box stores, it's tread lightly is what I would say. It sounds like you are too. So It's been fun kind of prioritizing the D2C side versus the wholesale business because our margins are good there. But having that relationship is huge. And at the end of the day, it's like relationship plus a little bit more money in my pocket or selling directly at a, a big box store. And I'm going to take that relationship all day long, usually. Yeah. And you know something that came to mind when you mentioned the email, a merchant will put on some type of an email capture. They'll get a couple complaints saying like, oh, your pop-up is so annoying or some, something to that extent. And then right away, they want to say like, take off all pop-ups. And it's an overreaction, of course, but it's, it's natural. And I think this was from Facebook who originally they came up with this philosophy and I don't quote me on this, but the concept was they called it the blow out the 20% or something like that. And it was like, there's a lot of people that only want to email their list once a month or they don't want pop-ups up because they don't want to annoy the customers. They don't want to, you know, come across as overbearing yep. or whatever, yep. but you know, 5% of the customers might get annoyed by that, but 90% of the people who are on your list actually want to get your emails. And so if you blow out that 5 or blow out that 10%, yeah, sure, they'll unsubscribe. But then keep sending to all the ones that actually do want your content and keep offering those offers and those pop-ups. People are okay. Like everyone knows when they enter their email, they're for that $10 off, they're going to get an email. So yeah, I 100%, I couldn't agree more Obviously, and you've done a really good job on your site, like match your brand, make it feel good. Don't overdo it, like not on every single page. Yeah, because you can never go back in time if you don't do it for a couple of years and then all of a sudden you want to run a promotion to your email list and you don't have any, well, you're, you're out of luck. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah, I, used to, I remember we used to be so nervous about that. Like people would complain about it. And also I think the biggest thing was sending the emails. Like you have to get into a groove of sending them and then you could really prove out that ROI. But I remember we'd be like, oh, we'll only send one every two weeks. I don't want to be annoying. And then we started sending them like every few days and our revenue just skyrocketed. It's like, what were we thinking? If they want to unsubscribe, let them unsubscribe. Yeah, they're either going to be a subscriber and they want it or they don't. But you have to cater to the audience that wants your content and cater to them. Don't cater to the people that don't want your content anyway. So it's like, it's like building a business plan around customers that don't even want to hear from you. When you think about it, it makes no sense, but it feels so natural as a merchant to say, oh yes, it's annoying these pop-ups. I'm going to take them all off or I'm going to take these off. So I think that's great advice. Is there anything else that you've learned over the three or four years that you'd share? Transparency with customers. We've had to ramp up with uh, COVID, just had to ramp up customer service. Like, 24-7 around the clock now. But I think if we had done a better job of customer service going back then, our company would have grown that much quicker. Something that has really been a, a focal point, a stressor for us over the last six months has just been, we need to respond to customers within five, 10 minutes. Leads are coming in. We need to be responding right away. When you start an e-commerce story, like, oh, maybe I'll get to the email tomorrow. Obviously at our scale, we can't do that anymore. But 
just putting a more emphasis on treating every customer like they're the most important customer, I think have helped our business that much quicker. What has COVID done for your business? Did you see dips? Obviously, you mentioned you see increase, but did it go like down first and then up, or no? How has it affected you? Literally, just a spike. We've gone from selling like a hundred a day to selling like five, six hundred sometimes. So wow, yeah, it's been a five hundred percent increase for the last like ninety days at this point. What do you attribute that to? Just people needing fitness, right? Like I'm doing YouTube fitness videos for the first time in my life. People all across (laughs) the country are like, they need something to do. I live in Miami, so I don't have that backyard, but the majority of the United States has some type of patch of land that they could go set up a net. So if their back's getting sore from watching Netflix, then they just, they need to go outside. So it's, it's been the perfect game. And with our Facebook marketing, we've been able to get it out to millions of people. So yeah, it's been working nicely. There's a, a website, it's called ccinsights.org. I check it every now and then. And it, it kind of has been following a lot of these trends during COVID. And last week, the second most fastest growing product search slash sale was the uh, office chair ball that you sit on. So so I think like everyone's kind of been sit- sitting for a month and now they're like, okay, I got to do something here. Well, the reason I asked what you attributed to is I was curious if it was due to lower customer acquisition costs on advertising. And you know, there's been a lot of people saying that people are pulling back ad spend I was curious if you've seen that or noticed. Oh, yeah, 1 million percent. Yeah, we've seen our CPA drop, which has been amazing, which is only more motivation for us to, if we're getting our acquisition much cheaper, like, yeah, let's let's throw more money on it, right? And let's, let's light the fire. So we've been ramping up our ad spend. We've increased, as our sales have increased 500%, we've probably like three or four X our ad spend. Mm-hmm. And getting better value per every dollar of ad spend too. Exactly, yeah. More customers, better value. Just building the the sport in the perfect time for summer. So summer's kind of our Q4. So the more nets I could get out into the world, hopefully we return to some type of normalcy where people could go to the beach and actually play. Do you have a strategy for when, and this is a conversation that comes up with a lot of merchants right now, is a lot of merchants are seeing great spikes in sales. And conversation now is how do you maintain that? Obviously, there might be some dip when this is all over and people can shop wherever they want to shop. But do you have any thoughts around strategy to kind of maintain the momentum when like if tomorrow all of a sudden there's a yeah. vaccine or <laughs> everything? I can't, everything I, can't, I can't speak for every brand, but fortunately for us, right? Like if hypothetically this ends in 60 days, right? Or we return to some type of normalcy, we're going into our best months, which are the summer. So our, mm-hmm. our peak yeah. season's ahead of us, which is great and leaves me very optimistic. But if I was in the opposite end of the spectrum and we we're heading into September or October, I would be reaching out to every customer, collecting as much content as possible to repurpose throughout these colder months and mm-hmm. really just take advantage of all that positive momentum. We have mm-hmm. more emails in it in the database than ever before. Like really go hard in monetizing that because the best acquisitions are the ones that you're not paying Facebook for and that you're getting with a, a personal touch in the email. An email doesn't cost me any money to send. A Facebook might cost me 40 bucks for a customer. So get the most out of your other channels. Even SMS, start setting up SMS. Uh, so much untapped yeah. potential there. Yeah, I've been kind of telling people that look at this time as an opportunity. You've got this whole new batch of customers that if you were getting 100 orders a day or 100 orders a month or whatever the, you know, the, store was getting before that. Now you've got this influx. This is like this fresh ammo that you have because every customer could potentially refer five more customers or potentially come back and order another set. And that's just something I think like 
merchants need to really focus on is maintaining that relationship. And that can be through like the other day, I just mentioned to someone like, why don't you find all the new customers that have ordered from you in the last, like during this COVID time and send them a gift, send them a free ball. Like what's your customer acquisition cost on, on Facebook? If it's $25 to acquire a customer, and I don't know if it is, but, and if a new volleyball costs $25, send them a new ball, say, Hey, thanks for ordering us. We know during this hard time, this ball's on us, something like that. I think there's going to be a great opportunity for even when COVID is over to maximize on this new base of customers. The ones that aren't thinking about that, they're going to fall back down. But the ones that are, and it sounds like you're on top of it, I think are going to actually continue to grow even more. Absolutely. Jump gears here for a little second. So we talked about some of the mistakes and (laughs) things you would change. What's something that you think you should be doing on your site right now? And we're all busy and life is busy and you're trying to, it sounds like you're just barely like trying to get orders out the door and answer (laughs) support and stay up to date. But like on your list of dreams and wishes and things you want to do to drive specifically like online sales more that you haven't done yet, what's, what's high up on that list for you? Yeah, there's two things. One is getting SMS marketing up. We've been able to turn email from 0% of our business to like 15% of our business in the last four months. So that's been like my focal point for the last quarter or two. Uh, but now it's time to really crank into SMS and start collecting phone numbers. I want to create a pop-up on the site being like, hey, throw your phone number in here and enter to win our $100 off flash sale that happens once a month. And we, we put mm-hmm. it live for like 15 minutes, you know? So hmm. that's going to be huge for us. I'm pumped to just have time to, to give the proper attention to that. That's really big for me. And then another thing is we use some type of app. I don't remember the app off the top of my head, but it's a form field that gym teachers fill out and wholesalers send out. And then every one of those comes to my inbox where I actually have to message them personally back. I want to have canned responses set up. So like, hey, gym teacher puts his info in, they get this canned response of, oh, here's your net. Uh, You could buy a net for X amount of price and here's your discount. So I want to just automate that part of my life and I just need to find time to do it. And but you still need to manually approve that they qualify for the discount somehow, exactly. but just automate yep. the reply. Yep. All fun yeah. stuff like that. What are you using for SMS? Yeah, we use a tool called SMS Bump. We're doing very, really not too aggressive with it right now. It's just, hey, they abandoned their cart. They get two abandoned cart texts. But I could definitely see a time when there's flows built out. Or like, We got a video the other day of some lady playing CrossNet inside her living room. It was like, <laughs> it was crazy. She was playing Must inside her living, living room. room. Yeah, exactly. It was just a perfect video to text out. You know, it could have been like, yo, we just got a video of somebody playing in the living room. Who could beat it? Like something so simple as that uh, could be great for the community. I didn't even think about texting videos. Yeah. GIFs, all that. We don't do anything on SMS at, at Bold, but is that something a lot of the SMS platforms support? Yeah. Uh, to my knowledge, it does. At least uh, the one that we're using does. I know that you do have to pay a higher premium to uh, embed GIFs or videos or photos. So like normal plain text is like a penny or whatever it is. Like there's like a three cent premium for anything with downloadable assets. I'm writing down. I got to get a couple SMS specialists on here. Yeah, for real. Right now, it's all about capitalizing on opportunity and, you know, open rates for SMS right now is like 97% or something. Exactly. There was a time when email open rates was 97% too. And I imagine that SMS, like text marketing is going to look very different in a couple of years. There maybe will be aspects of folders. And like if you if we start getting 30 
marketing texts a day, something will happen. But right now, people aren't. There's a window to really leverage that. It's going to be interesting how that all plays out, though. Exactly. Yeah. I just right now, from my perspective, it's just such an untapped market for us. We have so many customers coming in. So even if we get 5% of our revenue from text messaging, that's still a couple hundred thousand dollars throughout the year. So uh, definitely worth investing. I think 100% on the abandoned cart, on order confirmations, on shipping confirmations, sending that via text is, is actually a great way to do it. And it kind of gets the customer used to getting a text from you. So then a month later when you text like, hey, we we got a fresh shipment in and it's 20% off for the first 100 people that need a, a, a second net for their for their friend's house or something exactly. like that. They, they won't be so offended, but if they get their order confirmation by email, their shipping confirmation by everything is like email, email, and then yeah. they get this text promotion, I would be like, what the hell are you texting exactly. me for? Like, so yeah. you have to kind of train people to get used to it. Like that's how you communicate and it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. And I think people are comfortable getting an order confirmation. Like I would love to get a text message being like, Hey, your shoes just shipped. Like that makes me have trust with the brand and I'll take the next text message if it's going to give me good news. Yeah. It feels more personal for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're uh, getting close to our time here. I want to ask one more question. I actually asked one of these questions already, but I like to end with just kind of like our little lightning round, a couple of questions before we get there. What does the future hold for CrossNet? What are you most excited for? I mean, outside of dollars and cents, like we've gone from <laughs> we've gone from an eighty-seven thousand dollar a year company to eight figures in less than two years. So that's been really cool. That's amazing. <laughs> but besides that, the whole thing is just to spread the sport everywhere. I want CrossNet to be a household sport. I want it to show up to the beach, show up to the park, and people have their nets out and they're playing. And on the the gym teacher side of things, our our game is helping people learn the sport of volleyball in a fun and interactive way. So if we could be a staple in gym classes across the world for the next 20 years and have a sport that's played on TV and airs on ESPN, I'm going to be pretty happy. Have you ever gone to a beach and seen a, a cross net set up and just walked yeah, by and obviously like they, they might not know who you are and you are like, hey, what is that? You're playing there. What is that? <laughs> yeah, it happens. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's happening more and more often in this day. My friends will be on vacation and will text me. They're like, like was at the beach and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. I wish I was there. <laughs> that's a neat feeling. It's like when I shop online and I, I just like randomly see someone using like a bold app on something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, I didn't even know this was a customer and they're using one of wraps. It's always neat. That's awesome. And then a little bit of a lightning round here. What's your favorite thing about your job? Freedom. Absolute freedom to do <laughs> what I want when I want. Nobody tells me what to do. Uh, it's pretty nice. What's your favorite online store to shop at besides your own or if you don't have a favorite one, the last place you shopped online. Yeah, so I got a, a nice little record shop. I'm big into collecting music, so I love vinyl. What's the site? <laughs> Sweatrecords.com. It's a local record shop in Miami. And yeah, they just went all online. So been supporting the boys over there, buying buying vinyl online from them. So They just went online during COVID here? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they had to shut awesome. down the doors. And they're like, it's just... It's a small record shop in Miami that is like a, a mile from my house. I love going every Friday, like picking up new music. So nice. Definitely supporting them. Nice. If you could give everyone listening one tip and everyone listening is imagine they are a online merchant. I guess it could be a tip for anything. If you give everyone listening one tip, what would it be? Why not you? Literally, like it doesn't matter mm. how much money you have, what your connections like. Nothing outworks hard work and you could build the connections. You could like... You know, we, we just met a few days ago, but you'll, we'll be in our, each other's networks for the next 10 years over LinkedIn. So like you could 
literally with e-commerce, everybody's on the same playing field. Nobody has, yeah. unless you're like Kendall Jenner, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's a open playing field. If you have a good idea, go for it. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I love that. And you know what? I just want to actually mention how we met. Cause I probably get, I don't know, like 50 to a hundred. I don't even hardly ever check LinkedIn messages. <laughs> well, I would say about 20 a day are outsourced developer companies trying to ask if we need developers. And then about like 15, like, Hey, we should partner. Hey, we should partner. Your approach was, uh, I thought bang on. I think we posted something about one of our apps and you just messaged me and said like, yo, we love your store locator app. We use it. And I, I like, it was like a one line that yeah. you sent. I think I just said like, oh, what's your site? I want to check it out. And I went and I looked at your site and you've done a great implementation of our store locator app. And I guess that's everywhere you can buy them locally. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then we reached out and here we are on the podcast. And I, I think um, you're just real. Like it wasn't like, man, LinkedIn is absolutely a great tool. So I take what I said with a grain of salt that I get like, you, you know, all these <laughs> like there's a lot of really good, good ones in there. But you know, when you're reaching out to someone just, like right away you offered value and you didn't say, hi, my name is Chris and, yep. do this and I would <laughs> yep. like to be uh, like, it was just you're exactly. like, Yo, human. Just exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Human touches everything, especially on LinkedIn. Like just keep, I mean, if you talk a little bit like a robot in person, I guess keep it like a robot. Like, but me is like, yo, I love your, love your app. It works great. Like badass job. Like I'm happy to jump on a podcast if you want. Like it was super how I approach somebody in real life and it's been working wonders on LinkedIn. Oh, it's good. Keep, don't change. I was going to ask you if you had a favorite quote or, I mean, this is kind of your advice kind of was a quote. Why not you? But any favorite business quotes you have? Yeah. Uh, not much of a quote guy, but one that I've been liking a lot lately has been, uh, rich people have large libraries and small TVs. Poor people have Mm. big TVs and small libraries. (laughs) Oh man. You know, it's so true. (laughs) (laughs) So the richest guy I know has literally I've been in his house and he probably has the smallest TV I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And it's probably like 20 years old, but he could care less. And he yeah. has an office that is bookshelves, floor to ceiling on three of the four walls in the office. And the only other wall is a window and it's all books. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah it's, yeah. it's true though. It's true. It is. Cool. Okay. Well, I mean, Thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. I know we went a little bit over time here, but I think there was a ton of valuable information. And I don't know if any of our listeners are interested in being fit and getting outside. And, <laughs> and I mean, just because you're work by side on a computer all day, actually, that probably not just because you probably should. Chris has put together a little offer or he's going to and it's going to be live when the show, when the show goes live. What's going to be the coupon code they should use? Yeah, go to crossnetgame.com and use bold, B-O-L-D, 20 for 20 bucks off. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. I might use that myself. Do it up. Love to have you. Okay, crossnetgame.com. That's the best place to find, learn more, or search for Chris on LinkedIn. He is leveraging LinkedIn like a champ. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on, Chris. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. That's it for another episode of Own Your Commerce. If what you've heard has helped you in any way, I'd love it if you'd leave us a review in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. It's a new podcast and reviews really help spread the word. And if you know someone you think that might benefit from this podcast, share it with a friend. If you'd like to learn more about Bold, visit boldcommerce.com. You can view all our past episodes. And if you have a story you'd like to tell, we'd love to have you on the show. 
you can apply to be a guest or suggest a guest on our website as well. That's all for now, and we'll see you next week.